What up, what podcast up? people? Hey. We are back. We're back. And if you're watching, we've got a new face. That's me. But not a new voice. Yeah, exactly. First time on camera. Yeah, so yep. he's pretty nervous about the camera thing. He doesn't know where to look. But Which one? This one, this one, this one? There's you know, three options. I've done this for what? What do we had Since cameras? We six months? Yeah. And I still have no idea where to look. So That's you're, okay. you're fitting in just fine. Perfect. But let me introduce myself. My name is Brennan. Uh, I'm a college young adult pastor here and helping to facilitate the podcast. To my right. My name is Dylan Peterson. I'm the young adult and creative uh, resident pastor here at Grace Point. There you go. And then my left. And then I'm Nathan and I'm the kids pastor here. And you guys don't even know how much of a treat you're in for because Nathan was on last year's most popular podcast. I Whoa. was. Yeah. So, marriage guru Nathan Clanton With in the all house my yet two, again. Two weeks of experience. Yep. There. Yeah. You're you're way past that now. Yeah. Like, just over a year. Just over a Wow. It's been, been a minute. It was almost a year since you first featured on the podcast. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Happy year anniversary. Yep. I started at Grace Point a year ago today. Really? Yep. Wow. That's awesome. This is our, cool. I didn't, I, we didn't say this last time, but every time we take a break, we cut it and make it a new season. So I don't know if that's smart or not, but that's kind of how we've done it. Season so, three. Welcome to season three. Yeah. Whoa. We're in it. I'm on the season debut? No, no, no. We started last week. We just Jane. fumbled the bag. Ah, so, yeah, and Ben will it. be back sometime yep, in the sometime. future. He's on vacation with his family the last couple of weeks. So we'll kind of meander, mixing and match, yep. uh, see who can fill in, but... Let's start with this. If we're going to talk about community, I want the three of us at the table. Yep. We're all friends, right? Yeah. You guys would say I'm your friend, right? Yep. All right. I would claim you guys You're as friends friend. too. Sweet. Sweet. So at the table, if you had to describe the other person, so we'll we'll tag team. It'll make sense here as we do it. Yeah. If you had to describe the other person in three words as a friend, what would you say? Who's going first? Let's get Nathan first. Okay. Oh, okay. Nathan is joyous. Mm. Um, stable. Stable. Okay. Um, I would say you're goofy. Will you take that? Is I'll that take good? it. Yeah. All right. That's nice. a huge compliment. Yeah. yeah. Stable, goofy, and joyous. Yeah. Should we flip it? Get Dylan. Sure. All right. Okay. Dylan as a friend is. Hmm. <laughs> oh. I, I just talked about you the, to someone else this morning in a really good way. Okay. Good. And I told them you were slow burning. So it took Dylan. Explain that. Just it a took bit. Dylan a long time to warm up to being friends with me i think yeah for sure yeah this but now like that he is it's nice four years in the making yep four yep. years in the making i would agree with that um i think as a friend you're just kind of like free down to do anything down to talk about anything mm -hmm. and then you're creative nice nice that's good all right bring it on yep. i will take i will take the three words should we go positive or negative uh, why don't we do a little bit of both? Really okay. balance it I'll, I'll shoot right down the middle. Loud. In loud? a good way. Whoa. Loud in a good way. <laughs> like, you are not afraid okay. to, to speak your opinion. It. Like, your truth and love all the way. I I have been known to have a couple of opinions. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, with that, I would also say intentionality. Okay. So you're pretty yeah. intentional and just reaching out about different things, things that are going on. Well, there you go. Thank you. you got a lot to keep track of. You got you know a lot of people. You know a handful. Always learning to look to, look to know more, yeah. so... I think most importantly, determined. Oh, I like, like that. You, like you, that. you be grinding sometimes, and it's I do. respectable. Sometimes I'm about that grind, and sometimes I shouldn't be about that grind. <laughs> so, okay, we're diving in, and we yep. are talking about how to make Christian friends. And really, this is kind of almost a part two. 
that if you are new to the podcast, I would encourage you to go back, find episode 55 that talks all about community. And that's like your intro one. That's that's the basic of what we would believe and why we think community is so important. This almost becomes the next step that we're launching into how do we find Christian community that looks like friendship, not just people that I worship alongside, not just people that I attend a group together, but that are actually my friends that I could call and text and, and hang out with. And so the tension in this comes that Christian life and Christian community is one that's lived like in the plural of relationships that we need non-Christian or we need Christian friends, but we also should have some non-Christian friends too. Yeah. Right. Like there is this struggle that I see a lot of people walk through that some people have too many of one or the other that I've found Christians who have all Christian community and they've got no one around them that's not a Christian, and then they don't have anybody really to invest in and anyone to have influence over. Or they go the other way, and I've seen Christians who have all non-Christian friends, and they don't even like being around other Christians, and that's a huge problem. And so because of that, we're going to talk about this. Like, what does it mean, and why is it a problem for some people who are would label themselves as Jesus followers, as Christians, to not have Christian community? Yeah, I think it's a big problem because um, one of the quotes that a pastor has thrown around quite a bit is that you're the sum of your five closest friends. Yeah. Um, and he also goes after that and he says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That that the people that we surround ourselves by like multiply kind of into us, that we are formed, shaped by those around us mm-hmm. um, and that we will, will in essence be kind of like the multitude of those people that we are surrounded by. Yeah, for sure. And so if you're surrounded by a whole bunch of non-Christians, you're probably going to look like a non-Christian. Yeah. If you're surrounded by a whole bunch of Christians, you're probably going to be shaped in that that way as well. Yeah. So it's super important to, to realize who you have around yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a big part of why it's a problem is because it's really hard to walk that kind of middle road of where you have non-Christian friends. What are you, what are you doing over there? Sorry, my chair is sitting too low. I'm fixing it. <laughs> So walk this road of Christian friends and non-Christian friends and having both. Um, 1 Corinthians. I fixed it. We're good. Keep going. Perfect. All right. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Um, Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And so kind of this balance of there needs to be both where you're surrounding yourself with Christian community. That's where you're getting your life from. That's where you're getting your encouragement from. Um, but also pouring in and investing into non-believers and engaging with them. Um, because that's what we're called to as Christians is to share the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. Yeah. And really it comes down to what both of you are saying, both from the quotes and from the scripture, is this idea that it's like, who do you want to become? Yeah. Like we have to sit back and answer that question. Like when we look in the future, as we look towards the progression of our life, like this idea of who do we want to become? And the answer to that is a lot of who's around us. Yeah. Like who we surround ourselves with as friends will shape who we become. Last time on the podcast, Jaina asked a, a great question and she, she prompted me to kind of share some of the ways that I pray for this upcoming fall and invite you guys into that. And I would add on even a little bit here that we had talked about freshmen and how we pray for those freshmen in this influential time as they come to college here in a couple of months. But when I'm praying for freshmen, I actually spend a lot of time usually praying for their community. That as much as I want them to come to Oasis or I want them to plug into a different campus ministry, I want them to really grow and have, have that connection with Jesus— I want them just as bad to have Christian friends to walk it alongside. 
that in that first couple of months of school, the people you make the connections with and the people that you call your friends will drastically shape your college experience. That if you find the people on your dorm floor who are all about the party, the college turn up, like this this crazy life, like that will shape how you live your college years. But if you find the people who are going to go to the small group, invest in, the, in, in church, and really want to pursue their relationship with Jesus, that will also pay dividends. So yes, I'm praying for salvations among freshmen and life transformation, but that will come about mostly not through Sunday messages, but through the people they rub shoulders with through their four, five, six years here in Brookings. So that's yeah. just so important. Yeah, I think it's also really important having kind of gone through that. Like I was a freshman yeah, at so SDSU good. and I did the exact opposite. I didn't even go looking for friends mm. that I had zero. It was me and my roommate. That was the only people that I knew yeah. at SDSU for my, my entire freshman year. I did not get involved really in any of my classes. I didn't make any friends with my classmates. I came to Oasis every once in a while, but I always sat by myself, hated it, like sat in the back row, um, like kind of came to your small group every once in a while. Yeah. Like I, I never actually got invested, but that community was something that I longed for for so long. And it took me years to get there because mm. I didn't follow this and I didn't in invest well to actually seek out and be intentional with making those connections to have a group of guys that will form me and shape me into the image of Christ. Yeah, that's so good. And we're going to talk even more about that, what it looks like to like be patient and continue to put yourself out there. But when it comes to finding like Christian friends, so say you're someone listening and you don't have Christian friends, you have friends, but they're, would, they would be non-Christians. Like in the transition, as you take these steps of faith to find Christian friends, that might mean a season where you forego time, energy, intentionality with your non-Christian friends. Like what is, why can this be so difficult? Why would we encourage people to take that step? Like what does that mean for them as they try to figure out Christian life and Christian community? Yeah, sometimes it just looks like taking a step back, evaluating, again, asking that question, who do you want to become? What are you surrounding yourself with? And figuring that out. And sometimes you have to step back to really evaluate that, to look at um, who are you around. And sometimes it means making the hard call of, hey, this person may not um, be as good for me as I think, or even vice versa. Maybe I'm not being a great friend mm, to them and just thinking good. through um, what do I need to grow in my own personal growth, but also in just health of my community and who I want to surround myself with. And so kind of thinking through questions of like, um, all of us have our own struggles and difficulties yep. that we face. And so like, are we surrounding with ourself with people that encourage us in those moments? Are we surrounding ourselves with people that kind of pull us back in those moments? Yeah. Um, so like an example, like going to a bar maybe isn't, isn't necessarily bad, but if it's a pitfall for pitfall for you, then maybe it's not a good idea. So yeah. maybe if you're with friends that like to do that every week, maybe it's like, well, peer pressure. Maybe I, I don't want to not go. I want to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. But then you're caught in this situation where you're kind of stuck in a spot you know isn't great for you, um, but trying to figure out what boundaries look like in that kind of situation. Yeah, and I think something you said that's really, really good there is just like, what it looks like to create distance for a season. Mm. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean with all of your non-Christian friends, you cut ties, you jump ship, and you never talk to them again. But like the people who are not living like Jesus might be the the pitfall for you. Like just like Nathan was saying with this bar example, like the bar is not intrinsically bad. But like if you're a person who struggles with drunkenness, that's not a place you should maybe go. Or like if you're a person who struggles with jealousy or pride or gossip, and that's what you're friend group is about like that's just part of the culture that you guys have a friend group maybe for a season it would be best for your walk with jesus to step away from those people and to walk 
more in with the the Christian community who should should is the key word there <laughs> not be struggling as bad with those things. Yep. Otherwise, like in that transition, when people are moving from their current community towards a more Christian community, what are some of the struggles that happen in that? Yeah, I think. I mean, kind of like I just said, there's this season of, of loneliness in, beca- in between yeah. that, that in the midst of going from one place to another, like there's, there's a path in between that you have to travel. And usually that path that you take along there is, is pretty lonely. Um, but anything that is worth having is ultimately worth the sacrifice for it. Yeah. Um, like our eternal life was worth enough that Jesus made the sacrifice so for good. us so that we good, could spend yeah. eternity with him. So if we want to be like Christ, we're going to have to take that sacrifice as well. Mm-hmm. That like, what's it worth to you? Are you willing to cut the check of what part of your life that may take away from you? Mm-hmm. Like if you are so invested, like if you want a group of, of Christian friends that are going to encourage you, that are going to love you well, that are going to help you push on um, to becoming more like Christ, like you're going to have to say like, all right, I'm going to have to lose something here. Like, cause I can't take everything at once. Yep. So what am I, what am I willing to cut away for this knowing that what i am seeking is good for me Mm -hmm. and i think people have a problem with like cutting people off you know like and we've talked about that it doesn't need to be this cold hard cut but like even that distance people have that problem because they might sit back and think well my my non-christian friends are my friends they are my quality Mm -hmm. relationships and they're not bad people and i wouldn't argue against you in that like you know your people but what we really are trying to advocate for is sometimes it's better to have a few close, reliable friends yeah. than many who don't know who Christ is and don't love you like Christ does. That yeah. when it comes down to it, like they might be a decent person. Like they might truly have some okay morals and like really love you and you've been friends with them for a long time. But if they don't know who Jesus is, they lack purpose yeah. that the Bible tells them they have. They lack identity that the Bible tells them who they are. They like the passion and, and the mission that Christ has given us. So when they come to you and they give you advice, when they come to you and they try to speak into your, your life, like in all of these places that it so matters to like have friendship and support and encouragement, it's not coming from this place of scripture that's the word and that's living and active that wants to build you up. It's this place of worldly advice yeah. and that's not worth anything. And so they might be a decent person, but we are advocating for Christian, Christ-centered people who can offer you purpose, identity, passion, acceptance in Jesus. Yeah. So when we look at the life of Jesus, he navigates this, like, all the time. Let's talk about that. Like, what does it look like for Jesus to navigate between Christians and non-Christians in community? And how does he go about pursuing that? Yeah, he has to do both. Like he spends a lot of time with believers, but also with unbelievers. And there's a lot of spots where he gets himself in trouble for it. Absolutely. People, people get get on him all the time. Hey, you're hang, hanging out with these sinners. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, and so there's this balance that we have to have. And so like you see constantly like Christians, like sometimes we get mad at people for hanging out with non-believers, but also sometimes non-believers get upset with you for pursuing those godly relationships if it means taking a season away hey what are you doing where are you going yeah those kinds of things and it it just looks like trying to figure out what does that relationship look like and like trying to define what a relationship looks like whether it's a 
in a friendship? What is what does it look like? What's the goal? What's the purpose? Those kinds of things. And then communicating that and communicating that out of love. Romans 12, 18, it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so just trying to figure out for yourself, again, that question of who do you want to become? Who do you want to surround yourself with? Because also there's a season where you need to be pouring into those non-believers yeah. around mm-hmm. you. And so it's balancing just what those different seasons look like. Yeah. You want to go? Yeah. Something? I'd also say, looking at the life of Jesus and, and the way he structured his friends, I think it's really important to see like the, the hierarchy, if you will, mm. of who he spent his time with. That's good. That there was the close three, uh, Peter, James, and John, yep. who he spent ton and ton of intentional time with then he spent time with the 12 that those are the 12 close people that he did life with and then outside of that then there was room where he'd spend time with tax collectors and sinners Mm -hmm. and people who didn't you know follow after him but he had very clearly the three and the 12 yeah and those were the people that he had life with Mm because we can only spend so much time with so many people we can only have so many intimate friendships and so we need to structure those well just like jesus did and when it comes to this like i remember it was probably my freshman year of college when I was really starting to passionately follow the Lord and like how frustrating that was for my non-Christian friends, Mm. that the things they had always done with me, the way that I had always acted, what I had always held dear and thought was important was changing. And because of that, that was frustrating for them. They were like, you are not the same person you used to be. And I didn't ever really know, I didn't have good words to communicate that. But I remember one night my buddy came home from like a house party and he was my roommate and he was super drunk. (laughs) But because of the liquid uh, courage that it had, he was finally honest. And he like blew up at me in our dorm room and he was so upset. He's like, you're never coming out with us anymore. You're a different person. Like, I don't know if we're even friends anymore. And he finally, after like way too long, like a whole semester said these things. And it was in that space where I got to step in and try to communicate like what Jesus was doing in my life. It was probably one of the most powerful times that I got to share the gospel yeah. with him. And unfortunately he was drunk. And so I don't think he retained most of it, but like, <laughs> I got to explain that like, hey, yeah, I have stepped away. I am changing things. I am changing. Like I am not the same person and here's why. Mm -hmm. Jesus has changed my life. He's changed my priorities. I now have a different set of standards, of laws, of of obedience. Like, and I don't, again, I don't know if he ever understood, but it was in that place where I tried to communicate clearly with love and I tried as best as far as it was possible with me to live at peace with him. And now we can, we can still be friends and communicate and like, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's important for non-believers to see that, like, see that that is who you are, and yeah. that is yeah. where your identity is. Yeah, and if you're a Christian living amongst non-believers and you look the same as them, like they're not noticing distinct differences in your life, you probably are not a Christian, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. sounds aggressive, but yeah. if your life looks exactly like your non-believing friend's life, then your life doesn't look like Jesus's, and so that's a good check for you too. Okay. Let's transition here for a second and let's talk about finding those Christian people. Like if someone's sitting there and you're like, okay, you've sold me, I'm in, I want to find Christian community, where should we tell them to go and who are they looking for? Yeah, first of all, I'd send you straight to what do you know about Jesus? Who do you know Jesus to be? What is his character? And then, of course, straight to Galatians 5 with the fruit of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Like, are they marked by those things? Yeah. Are that, is that something that when spending time with them that you're consistently seeing, that you know like that person and be that, that that's just who they are? Mm-hmm. And then do they love like Jesus does? John 15, 12 through 13 says, My command is this, to love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Like, that is perfectly 
what Jesus came to do, to lay down his life for his friends. So are they loving like Jesus did? Yeah, and I think I would add on that beyond just the things Dylan was saying is when it comes to these people you're looking for, you should be looking for people who speak life to you. Yeah. Who speak encouragement to you. And not only that, but they speak those things about you. Like 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Paul is in this place where he's encouraging the church to continue in this act of encouraging each other. That if you're in a friend group where when you're together with them, whether they're Christian or non-Christian, and you walk away and it was toxic talk, you walk away not encouraged, you walk away beat up, you walk away feeling less than as, as a person, feeling less than about yourself, feeling insecure, feeling those are not the people who are actually Christians. Like yeah. Christians should be building you up and speaking life into you, telling you about your positive traits, telling you about the things that they love about you. On the top of that, if you're in a group that that gossips and Christians hear this, like <laughs> this drives me bonkers that we somehow struggle so much with gossip as a, as a Christian community where we're willing to talk about other people in a negative light when they're not present. Yeah. And so if that is your community, like we need to call out that right away. Like Proverbs 16, 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends that in any community, if people are willing to talk poorly about others, that is a huge red flag that I would call them out on that if they're Christians right away. And if they are non-Christians, I would leave that space immediately. And people get it confused. They're like, well, if they're gossiping in my presence, maybe that's like a good thing because then they trust me with that. But that is, that's so cap. That is so false. Yeah. If they will talk about others to you, they will talk about you to others. Yep. I promise you yeah. that the same person who is slandering your friend to you will turn around and slander you to that other person. So that's not a safe space. That's not a healthy space. So you need to find friends who will encourage you, who will speak life to you and life about you. Now, on the flip side of that, they can't only speak life. Yeah. We need to have friends that are willing to speak hard truth and love. Proverbs 24, 26, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Now, I know we're talking friendship, <laughs> and I hope there's no like kissing on the lips going on in friendship, but the author here is trying to say it's a good thing. Yeah. An honest answer is a good thing for people. And so maybe you have a flaw that like people are seeing and you're blind to it. Like you're proud, you're arrogant, you're selfish, you're too loud. Like, I don't know. You have this flaw, like good friends will come to you in love and in gentleness and with grace and call you on that. And they'll yeah. speak that to you. And it might hurt in a second, but like faithful are the wounds of a friend. And when they speak that hard truth, take that recognizing that they want your best and they want you to look more like Christ. So it's also like in those friendships and relationships, having the trust of somebody to speak that truth yeah. to, you, to where you, it also takes you to listen and to hear it yep. mm -hmm. because a lot of times hard truth is easy to write off mm, or easy good. to make excuses about. And so also an importance of Christian friendships and having those Christian friends that you believe in and trust their judgment mm -hmm. and who they are and that they're following Jesus, that they will, you know, speak life into you through those hard things that you're willing um, to hear that and, and like, to listen to that. Okay. Coming back to this central idea. Christians are supposed to look like Christ. If Christ came to you and gave you a piece of hard truth about your life, I pray that as Christians, we would listen to him. Mm -hmm. And so if Christians who are supposed to live life looking like Christ, if fellow Christians come to you and speak a hard truth, I pray that we listen to our brothers and sisters and follow in their wisdom. Yeah. Like, that's so good. Yep. Yep. And then another thing is like Christian friends that lead you 
towards more Christ-likeness. Like we've been talking about, people that make you more like Jesus. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. The people that you're with, the people that are around, that your communities, what what are you doing for the kingdom? What are you doing for um Jesus, what does confession look like together? How are you sharing different struggles with different people and putting those out in the open, out into the light? What does accountability look like? What does groups look like? Serving, being on mission together, living a Christian life and pursuing Jesus together in community. It's something that God designed for us to do this with other people. Um, And so just finding those people that have that same heart and that same mission and passion. Spot on, man. So So good. Okay, here's the question. Where do we find these people, right? We're, we're laying out this, I want to be friends with the person we're describing, right? Like, yeah. I want this person in my life, this person who looks like Jesus. Where do I try and find that person? Twitter. Oh, uh-uh. no. Oh, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. I, I canned Twitter like six years ago, yeah. and it was probably the best decision I ever made in my life. But I'm sure someone out there has found a really good friend on Twitter. and I think you'd be a great tweeter. <sighs> I feel like you, you always got some some kind of tweet to pop off in the in the loft. I feel like I could, but I I don't want to. Twitter just feels so gross. It is. <laughs> Anyways, so Nathan finds his friends on Twitter. Dylan, where do you where do you find your Christian friends? I found mine in the church, so it's a great place to start. I suggest that one. It's like Jesus yeah, is Twitter. That's a better option. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys can't agree with that. The church is not Jesus's Twitter. The church is something way better than that. Yes. Okay, yeah. but the church. Let's yes, talk about the, church the church is a great start. Um, getting involved in community, whether that's serving. Like, it's not just coming to church. Like, don't pull up. Wait, wait. Say it again for the people in the back. Don't just come to church and leave. Yes. All right. That if you're pulling up, like, two minutes before service starts, and you're the first one out the door when it's over, like, you're not going to find community. Because usually... What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I came to church, though. Yeah. What about the pastor? I'll be friends with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I wish I could be friends with everybody. That'd be Oasis. dope. That'd be so awesome. I'm still trying to memorize some of their names. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but that's good. Keep going. But yeah. Like our community is like not for, or it's not found at all. It's only forged mm-hmm. that the community that we're surrounded by, we actually have to put in work to get there. That yep. it's not just going to be handed over to us. Mm-hmm. That if we pull up to Oasis, Two minutes before service starts, leave as soon as it's over. Like, we're not going to get that community. I can promise you that. But if you're getting involved, if you're, you know, a part of, like, ministry team, if you're going to small groups and investing in those, like, you're probably going to find that community. If you're going to be someone who lingers, who's willing to stay after a few minutes to to have conversations with people, Mm -hmm. willing to put yourself out there uh, and ask those intentional questions, get to know people, like, that's where your community is going to be found. Yeah willing to be uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. Like like small talk, there's very few people in the world who like small talk. No. I am one that I, I, I semi-enjoy it. But like you're going to have to small talk to make friends. Yeah. Like you might have to do that and it's going to be weird. It's gonna, You might have to show up to a group you don't know anybody at and that's okay. Like push into that a little bit. I want to ask you both a question here. Okay. Um, Dylan, you mm-hmm. said you had this period of time here yeah. at SDSU. You were literally some of the people listening to this podcast. Yeah. What changed for you when you started to forge your community and not just think it's going to fall in your lap? When I actually did put myself out, because I kind of had like this thing, I was like, no, I'm sick of being alone. Like I finally, like I had been socially anxious for all of my life, like mm. hated being around people. I was like, you know what? This is actually enough. Um, and I know that I need to surround myself with a group of really great guys who are willing to, you know, do life with me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I, I kind of just had to like chuck it off, say like, I don't care what people think about me anymore. Like mm -hmm. if I'm weird, I'm weird. Like <laughs> yeah. people got to deal with that. Um, and so I started to open myself up to those conversations. I started to linger more because I was first one in or last one in first one out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I started to linger, started to have those conversations, started to be open. That's when I really saw that, that come to fruition. Yeah. For me, I, I, I came to STSU as a Christian, but again, that first semester here at STSU and as a freshman, it was really just a huge moment for me where it became real. Everything started to click and I lost a lot of my non-Christian friends and I found myself in this place of loneliness, not really having that community. And I saw a group of guys, like I remember it vividly and I was like, I want to be their friend. Like I, I saw them, they were at Oasis, they were at these things, they were in small groups. And so what I did is I literally just went everywhere they went. Like, it, they probably thought I was weird right away. Like, if they were at a group, I was at a group. If they were going to an event, I was going to an event. If they were at Oasis, I was at Oasis. If they were staying late, I was staying late. Like, I joined the leadership team because they were on the leadership team. Like, everywhere they went, I just put myself in their sphere. Yeah. And, like, that was just what it took. And even though I did that, I'm not kidding you guys, it took an entire semester, 18 weeks of me just being there. Before, at one point, they were like, yo, this guy's already around. We should hang out with this dude more. And they started texting me and they started inviting me to things. And I was like, let's go. But the whole time, and we're, I'm going to skip ahead, but I'm, we'll come back to it too. The whole time for 18 weeks, I prayed. It was probably my most consistent prayer coming to college that I would have Christian community. Yeah. And it took 18 weeks for God to answer that prayer. And I wrestled and I was frustrated and I didn't know why. Like this was something he knew was so important to me, yet he didn't gift it to me right away. But it was in that first semester where he had me fight for it mm -hmm. and forge for it. And he had me wait for it. And he had me, he had me trust him. And he had me throw off some of the shackles of sin that I had yeah. been struggling with so I could step into this community with a new and a fresh lens. It was all of that period of waiting, almost like yeah. the Israelites in Exodus, that I needed that to be the person I needed to be to be a part of that friend group. Yep. So, so good. Yep. Question for That's you. Good. Nathan, you went to a Christian school. Yep. You grew up in a Christian family. And so you've probably always had Christian friends, would be my assumption. But in that, I think part of the thing here is I keep throwing back this idea of Christians should act in this way, or we should find Christians at church. What would you tell someone if they're like in that Christian sphere and they're still not finding these people we're describing? Yeah, I think it, it takes a lot of work to find those people. Um, I would say... That just assuming like a community is Christian again doesn't mean again it's Christian and it's reflecting the values of Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit and those kinds of things. And I think it's important that when I was in a spot where I was really looking for Christian friends in college and kind of those community, it was more of realizing that God had made me for community. Mm. I thought because, you know, I was introverted, I was quieter, I didn't like to socialize as much didn't like to you know small talk no no <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it um i thought that meant i didn't really love people mm. but i think through college god really taught me that you know relationship is who he's made us for yeah relationship with him, not just with him but with other people um with other believers and so i think it's just continuing to keep um that mindset and putting you in getting yourself in spaces where there's people that you want to be like, yeah. um, whether, whether that's at church, like that's where I found a lot of it, mm -hmm. but it's also in other, other cases, like 
college like my intramural sports team had a lot of guys that you know loved jesus and wanted to follow jesus and so and so i wanted to spend time with them yeah. um and do those kinds of things and just again just christians should look like jesus and so finding those people and spending time with them mm-hmm. yeah and like like you said it's not church is not the only place you can find these people it yeah. is probably the the primary place if you're going to go fishing you go to the water if you're going to go look for christians you should come to the church but you can also find christians in classes and workplaces and coffee shops and any social space you should be able to find christians if you're looking for it yeah. especially if that's the prayer of your heart like i would god's going to pop christians all over the place <laughs> yeah. if you keep praying for christian community so do that but then tagging on what i think you said is like give grace to christians too mm-hmm. Because yeah. I think someone can walk away from this podcast looking for this perfect group of people yeah. that doesn't exist. You know, you're looking for people who are striving to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. You will never find someone who is exactly like yeah. Christ. Like there is only one Christ. There is only one perfect Savior Messiah. And so we look for people who are striving and growing to become more like him because it's that group of people who will help us become more like him. Yeah. yeah. And find, you in turn help them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's mutual. It's like yeah. iron sharpens iron. Can't believe took us this long in the podcast <laughs> but i feel like it's one of the most pro- famous proverbs finally praying for community yeah what's that look like you're gonna pray for boldness because you actually have to step out have those conversations um i think we are horribly intimidated by like the idea of clicks mm. that like if you come to oasis you're gonna see a whole bunch of circles out in the foyer yep. of people hanging out because they're 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 friends and so we immediately get intimidated thinking, oh, people already have enough community. I'm just the one left singled out. That's so good. Where I guarantee you a whole bunch of other people are in the same spot you are. Preach, Dylan. They're looking for community. They're lonely. Loneliness is the biggest problem of it's this generation. Yes. And so I guarantee you, you're probably, without looking too far, going to find someone who's also looking for community. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they will be just as happy that you reached out. And literally, we had this conversation at our leadership team this last year where I encouraged them. It's you, If you're someone looking for community, fight for it. Yeah. If you're someone in Christian community, you always must have a seat open at the table yes. for someone else. Like, we should never be a group that is click like clicky in the sense of we don't have open seats for other people to be a yeah. part of it. Like, friend groups as Christ followers should never be closed off. That if someone approaches you, you should have a seat open at the table ready, ready to invite them into what you yeah. have that's really good. Yep. Otherwise, what do you pray for? Next is just pray for patience. Like this is something that takes a lot of time, a lot of work. And again, like we've talked about a lot of hard conversations in some cases, Um, but then also just that willingness to kind of put yourself out there in a really scary place in a really vulnerable place out of your comfort zone for a lot of people. Um, Finding, finding friends is sometimes really hard. If there's not sometimes like a common, a common meeting space or something like that. And so just prayers for patience that like, this isn't something where you pray and you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're just going to have <laughs> yeah. someone. If it is, hit us up. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, yep. It would be great. But you're probably not just going to wake up with someone knocking on your door. Hey, you want to go to the gym or you want to go get coffee or something like that. Yeah. And it turns out that there's this person out there that you are great friends with immediately. It takes a lot of time. It's a lot of um, sharing of stories, sharing of personalities, sharing of different interests, things like that. Yeah. And the last thing I would probably say, and you could pray for whatever when it comes to community, but I just pray for openness. Yeah. That sometimes we get the mold of what it should look like in our head and the people and their personalities and and what they like to do. And so we get really close-minded about what God might be leading us to. But if you pray for openness, that God, I am searching for people who love you that I can partner with in the gospel mission, then it might look radically different 
than you would expect, but he will bless you in that and he will continue to lead you into that. So just have an open heart, really hold loosely your agenda and your, your set of preferences when it comes to Christian community. So good. Anything else to add? His ways are higher than ours. Yeah, that's great. Will you pray for people to find community this, sure. this year? Sure. Let's pray. Right. Dear God, thank you so much for who you are. Um, just thank you for this time, this chance um, to talk and have this conversation. God, I just pray for the people um, that are listening to this or watching this, God, that you would just continue moving their hearts, the people here in Brookings, SDSU, and the surrounding community and the across the world that are just searching for community that find themselves in just a lonely spot. Pray that you would um, bring them peace and bring them comfort in that, but also just help them, um, give them strength to kind of step out their comfort zones and to pursue pursue you and community um, that looks like you and that you would just provide them that. Um, and they could see different avenues to find that and to find places where they can spend time with people that look like you. Um, and so we just give this all to you and it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Amen. good. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time. Peace. Right. Later.